right as I hit the record button, we're banging <laughs> things around, got all kinds of fucking issues. Just, 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 Welcome to the Nightmare Box. <laughs> <laughs> Presenting mistakes were made. My name is Brett Bloom. I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, my own little dose of sunshine on this <laughs> dreary, dreary Sunday afternoon. Aww. Kristen Pennington. That was cute. I, I am cute, you know. You I, try, I, I try, you know, on occasion. <sighs> Bam. Faceplate. <laughs> Quirky, strong, unfiltered. <laughs> Just like Brett. Mm-hmm. I'm still on my pumpkin spice kick, so I'm doing <sighs> Blue Moon Harvest Pumpkin Week. Goddamn right. We went to Target today. We, we are turning into little frat girls. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly but surely. We went to Target yesterday as well. <laughs> yeah. Sorority girls, not frat girls. Well, it's 2019. Okay. The gender stereotypes. Now you can have a frat girl. <laughs> Open your mind, Brett. <laughs> I, I, I am open. My brain is open. <laughs> we also bought duck, because Brett God and I are going right. to do Thanksgiving by ourselves this year. Yep. And uh, we're going to attempt to do a crockpot duck, as Jack's attacks nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Kristen got a little bit of a gift card for the holidays from work. You know, we found a whole roast duck, and we've never cooked one before. We're going to have to give it a go. It Was he literally just chasing his food? I think so. He does that a lot. It's uh, weirdly endearing when we're not recording. <laughs> uh, Jax attacks his own food. <laughs> Throws <laughs> he, like, it up in the air. Put his face it. down, yeah, toss it around. <laughs> we do play with him. He's not that lonely, I swear. <laughs> He's just weird. He's just stuck in his own brain. All right. <laughs> That's a great way to start a podcast. Thanks, Jax. I appreciate it. It is a uh, dreary Sunday. We went to Target. We are turning into little sorority sisters. Um, (laughs) Yesterday, we bought a bookshelf. We did. And got that. A bookshelf that's taller than I am. (laughs) Exactly. And it is full, and there's still two more boxes to go. (laughs) Brett built a little shrine on top of it. Yep. Got the uh, English flag or the British flag hanging up. I've got my autographed uh, Robert England. I've got my Rorschach test. I've got the Michael Myers pipe for tobacco. <laughs> and the dolls from the classic short film, The Dolls, that you can watch right now at youtube.com slash Kristen Pennington. And who, who wrote that? I, I believe I did. Yeah. In a, a, a manic fury. <laughs> <laughs> But I guess while we're on the topic of that, uh, you'll be seeing a lot more short films from us because not this episode, but a week from this episode's release, if I have them all lined up in my head correctly. So um, this one is what, Friday's episode? I believe so. Do we? Yeah, we record two stars on Wednesdays. Yeah. No, I just had a blank. Yeah. I was like, do we release episodes on yeah. Friday? So we yeah. do. <laughs> this is, is going to be our Friday episode. So next Friday, uh, we'll have a homework assignment for you guys. Uh, we don't have it fully fleshed out. We're going to talk a lot more about it this week between each other. And uh, But my game plan for right now is when this episode drops, you'll be able to go onto the website, which is? The nightmarebox.blog. You can go on over there and we'll have a drop folder for the homework assignments. Um, and you'll be able to see like what the rules and the deadlines are. You know, we're going to add like little quirky challenges if we're shooting for 15 minutes or just five minutes. Um, and then my plan is, and I know it'll be kind of a slow burn getting it off the ground while we kind of work out the kinks is eventually get to where we've watched all the short films um, and we post the top three both to the website and to the YouTube page so that we can do a review episode at the end of the month uh, where you'll be able to go watch those films and then listen to us do like a, a discussion about what we thought was done right, what we thought was done wrong, where we saw improvements in either the story or the way it was shot or the color. Um, and then maybe use some of the information we learned there to kind of dive off into topics for that month. Yeah. Uh, simultaneously dropping a second homework assignment so that it can be continuous. And uh, Brett and I will also be participating in these. So um, I guess it's kind of like a, a learning 
back and forth. It's a learning um, thing. It's a discipline thing because it kind of keeps you behind the camera. It keeps me focused on writing little stories, and I can pick up different things the more we do it. So Yeah. So um, we'll be trying to find um, challenges that are unique for us, but also um, if you're a fledgling writer, filmmaker, whatever the challenge is, it's not something... Horribly complicated that... Yeah. Um, Something you could do on your cell phone if you had no camera, for example. Yeah, so that uh, beginners can also participate, mm-hmm. but then um, people that are a little more seasoned can kind of throw their own twist on it mm-hmm. and challenge themselves as well. So. Teach us all different kinds of shit. Like, I, that was the idea for the Nightmare Box in the first place, was to be this like, collaborative type thing. And this mm-hmm. is one of the ways that um, we want to expand it, is directly working with you guys. So yeah, we won't we'll, make any money off your film, but we're not making any money off your film. So it's just a platform thing. And it'll it'll be a little promotion, too, for anyone that, um, uh, I guess, stands out, you know, goes mm-hmm. a little above and beyond. We'll, uh, like Brett said, talk about your work, discuss what we liked, maybe if we have any tips to offer, you know, give some pointers and then... Um, you know, you guys are welcome to submit yeah. feedback about the one that we do as well. We're not going to two-star Tuesday or short. No. <laughs> no. It's, it's going to be helpful uh, critique um, and discussion about the different things that you've done. I'm not going to hop on here and call you an idiot. <laughs> I'm not going to scream at you. Um, that's, no. That, that, we save the two stars for the people who put millions of dollars into <laughs> a shitty project. I'm not something that you do in your free time during the month. Um it's just a creative exercise, so don't be afraid. I'm not going to hop on here and be like, God oh, damn it, John Jingleminer oh. Schmidt, you fucking cunt. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll rain bread in, don't worry. Yeah. I'll say whatever I want to say about you behind your back. <laughs> oh, that's not true. <laughs> Turn the mic. <laughs> <laughs> Scare people off before we even start. Yeah, so that'll be coming. I uh, expect that on the... The episode for next Friday, we'll have it fleshed out. We'll do the challenge on here. It'll be up on the website. And we look forward to playing that game with you guys. That'll be awesome. I'm really excited. I think it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a great way to get Kristen behind the camera again, um, flexing her muscles. Do what? <laughs> Say that like I haven't touched a camera in ages. No, no, no. I don't mean it like that. I mean like... Get the slacker back to work. No, no, no. No. <laughs> Not I'm get teasing. the <laughs> I'm not get the slacker back to work. You work your ass off, um, but it will be you know it, it'll give me something to, different to think about every month because I got to work within the same limitations. It'll give you something different. It'll give me experience with a camera and you experience with a script. Um, not that you have no experience and I have no experience. Additional experience. Additional experience as we try to hammer out our stories uh, that we want to be able to tell. And then I go to the workshop and write this thing and we'll get it all pieced together. Uh, it'll be a time crunch, so you don't have time to hesitate on it. I think that would be, that's that's one of the fun parts. It's like, yeah. oh shit, the homework assignment dropped. I need to start thinking right away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially, I which I... We've discussed this, I'm assuming yeah. some of the challenges will probably be strictly for writers, but mm-hmm. um, for the film ones, you got to get it written, get it shot, get it edited, yeah. and then for the writing ones, you got to get it drafted, redrafted, polished, and all that, so uh, yeah, it's definitely a, a multi-step process either way. Yeah. <laughs> but we've got the whiteboard, so we're going to come up with like 20 of these fucking things, and then we'll just run with it. It'll be a blast. It's going to be stressful. <coughs> but every, every time we have too much work going on, we just like to add extra shit to it. <laughs> Speaking of workshops, though, yeah. uh, Brett's uh, potentially getting one going. Mm-hmm. I've met a creative writer out here um, who's doing the NaNoWriMo, and he has a friend, and they've expressed interest in doing like a workshop thing here in Missoula. Uh, where we're going to go, not bar hopping, but we're going to, you know, set a every other week type thing. Meet up in a brewery at a specified time and change that brewery every two weeks. and uh, Start a cult. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> everybody. Like how you jumped on that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, that's what exactly I'm doing. what we're doing. Um, but the game plan is, you know, a minimum of 500 polished words you bring to the table, you print it out, you give it to everybody, we discuss what you did 
last week. So when you brought in your work last week, we discussed that. Brett's book club, but only books Brett actually wrote instead of exactly. books somebody else wrote. Exactly. <laughs> and these other two. Um, and I'm, I'm very excited to get to know them and their writing styles. Um, I'm hoping that we can build it to a, you know, a group of five to ten, nothing too terribly extreme. But it, I really like writing workshops yeah. and I am blown away that in Missoula where they've got like a school nationwide accredited creative writing program uh, nobody is organizing any of it so yeah. <laughs> I need to find these people and be like guys we can write some crazy fucking stories because we're snowed in for six months out of the year <laughs> that is a which not that I really participated in uh, that back in Nashville because we pretty much graduated college and then planned this and yeah, yeah. planned moving but um that is one thing I kind of wish there was here in Nashville. There was a, a film community mm-hmm. that was a little more tight knit. Um, so more active for yeah, sure. Yeah, um, and there are people here, and I've seen things about um, filmmakers that have like tried to do little meetups and stuff, and it doesn't really seem like any of them have like stuck. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it'd be nice to just have a creative community in yeah. general that's a little more proactive. And... Well, if the writing group falls apart, at least I've got a designated time every two weeks where I go sit with a notepad in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> so where's Brett? He's having Brett night. <laughs> Nick A so is doing lonely. shots at Jack Daniels in a pool hall and telling himself he's going to be famous. No. <laughs> mm. Speaking of NaNoWriMo, like how's yours cr- going? Crying against the jukebox. Where are my friends? <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. You've made more friends since we got here than I have. Well, I'm uh, more likable than you are. <laughs> That's mean. I'm joking. I'm editing you out of this podcast entirely. It's just going to be me. It's just going to be Kristen talks to self. Yep. It says incredible things. I'm going to do like that Joe Rogan edit where it's just going to be me talking, <laughs> be talking to me. To me. <laughs> it's like, no, the chumps, man, they're going to rip your dick off. Um, but speaking of NaNoWriMo, before... It's going good. I thought it was your ray of sunshine. You, you are my ray of sunshine. My ray of sunshine. <laughs> ray, ray of sunshine. sunshine. What did you say ray. earlier? Yolk? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Fucking making steak and eggs. You're like, I like them with the yolks. It's like, y'all want some yolks? <laughs> Smack you. <laughs> I've never heard anybody pronounce the L. <laughs> playing his wrestling game before he feels the need My to wrestling uh, game. <laughs> he feels the need to smash things i need to break things i'll get my ass kicked <laughs> <laughs> nano rimo how's it going um it's going good i've i didn't do so hot the past two days i had a day where i hit like 200 words and then i did not write yesterday wrote today hit about 100 over um what i was supposed to get to and I just had to pick up the story in a random place and like make note to self, hey, move this kind of around this other set of scenes. Yeah. But um, I'm about 95 pages in, so a little over an hour and a half worth of stuff that I get to dick around with, and I still got half the month to go. So. Yeah. <laughs> Are you liking so far like how it's kind of moving along? I like where it's gotten to. Uh, I'm in love with my main character and what's happened around him. The love interest is crazy weak. I've got to develop that. Uh, the love interest's best friend has fallen away. Is no longer in the script. I forgot to include that person. Um, <laughs> Those damn characters yeah. that just disappear. The bad guy is probably the craziest bad guy situation that I've ever written. Um, and I'm excited to see where that goes. But I, my side characters are very cardboard in this rough draft. So I need to make sure when it's time to edit, I go back and flesh those out quite a bit more. And then I, I need a lot more um, town relation, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like he's kind of isolated in the moment, even though he's living amongst all these people. Um, and I haven't shown him going about his day-to-day outside of the actions of the story, so I need to figure that part out. So I know we've talked about um, 
in the past on other episodes whenever you're writing uh, characters, like how you essentially need to understand their full lives leading up to that moment. Like, yeah, to a level. Yeah, um, but whenever you're writing your first draft of a story, do you put that consideration into your side characters, or is that something you go back out later and kind of, well, like you said, flush out? I think when you're writing it, you're following your MC, your main yeah. character. Um, and your goal is to just kind of sit there and listen to that story. And there's only so much you can flesh out there, you know, that's going to be in a final draft type situation. You might have the basic bones, but you're going to add a lot of backstory that's going to need to be cut out later and shown through their actions inside of a scene or in a scenario. Um mm. Your side characters don't need to be as fleshed out. We just need to know enough about them to understand why they are in the moment. Yeah. You know. But if they show up and they seem ultra important, like my best friend character situation uh, of the love interest person, um, they seem a lot more important. They seem like the stand out of the two and then they just fall off the map in the middle of the traumatic episode and they never reappear you know <laughs> like, problem there. yeah and i've done that in everything that i've ever <laughs> written every every rough draft i have i've got two novels that are in permanent rewrite stage because i have to type them up fucking word by word again um <laughs> to begin editing um Everything that I've ever written, I've I've lost side characters. Where I was like, he had a son, and then it's like by the end of it, he only had a daughter, and his wife was divorced from him. Like he's <laughs> like he's no nothing like he was at the beginning of the story. Because when you start it, you you don't know what you're. Yeah, doing. I mean, your character's literally developing as you're writing. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I guess that's kind of the point of the rough draft. You go back later and make those corrections yeah. because your character has literally changed as you've written the story. It's all word vomit. You're <laughs> charging through. I had a, a, a loose idea of ABC, and now I have a tight idea of A and B and have no idea where C lands me. So the, the puzzle's kind of shifted. Uh, that and just exhaustion from the work week uh, has shot me in the foot for <laughs> Friday oh, and Saturday. Two. But I picked it back up on Sunday. I did not stay away from it. There you go. Two, it's been a pretty active weekend. We've done a lot. Um, we did a lot of our shopping and stuff per usual. And yeah. then you put together the bookshelf. I attempted to tame my excess of clothing. Um, <laughs> so we, we did homey things this weekend. Homey so. things. Shot at a police car. <laughs> I drank a 40 under the overpass. <laughs> so you didn't really have a lot of time to recover. So my bad. <laughs> oh, and then I slept for 13 fucking hours. <laughs> yeah, got up and... Damn near two hours before you today. And I was like, I guess I'll just lay in bed. Stare at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just snoring in the corner. <laughs> Jax is growling at every roll. <laughs> but um, you'd mentioned earlier that this uh, concept of having like healthy relationships yeah, with so... artists. So <laughs> they're very loose train tracks that I'm riding on right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so speaking of laying in bed for two hours waiting on yeah. to wake up this morning. <laughs> um I was mindlessly browsing on my phone and um, I stumbled across a thing online that Instagram is supposedly taking away the like counter on each photo that uh, you see. So instead of being like, so-and-so liked your photo and 500 other people, it's just going to say so-and-so and and other people liked your photo. Yeah. And... um, I guess they're test running it right now, and um, I guess like over the next week or whatever, they're going to try to look at implementing it to every account, but uh, I didn't like super read up on it, but the article that I saw was saying that they were rolling that out because they felt like it was a more mentally, emotionally positive aspect to social media, not feeling like you're in competition with other people. That's been like the hardcore thing they've been trying to figure out is, I mean, 
the phones are an addiction in and of themselves in mm. large part because of these social media platforms and the constant is, competition between everybody it and, has i feel like the direction that social media has gone almost become this source of like endorphin boosters yeah. where it's like how many likes did i get well, they've how done many studies people where you get the dopamine hit every time you see that number go up you get a yeah. little notification and you're like oh goody you know like people like I, me i win <laughs> And, I like um, a picture of my cat. <laughs> I'm a better person for it. <laughs> and that's a weird, um, like I felt kind of like, oh, that's kind of dumb yeah. whenever I read it first thing this morning. And then like after I had some time to kind of sit on it today, um, like I realized that it has become like kind of a weird struggle of social media, which granted you want people following your content and reacting to your content and stuff in general, just because you know, as an artist, you mm -hmm. want your art to be recognized, I guess, and you want to make a living doing your yeah. art, so you need your art to be recognized. But, um, like, I've caught myself, uh, whenever I decided to make my Instagram, or I, I, I reformatted all of my social media, like, I redid my Instagram, I started actually using my Twitter, I reformatted my Facebook page mm. and stuff like that and started trying to think of it as a business. But my Instagram was probably the one that um, had the most change on it because it was before like pet photos and what I ate for the day and just weird shit that yeah. most people, you know, post on their personal Instagrams. And, you know, I, I read up a lot on that stuff and um, did a lot of research on that stuff. And I started thinking of it as a business asset. Mm. So... I deleted literally every photo I had on my original Instagram. I kept the account, but I uh, started specifically coordinating the way I was doing my posts so that it looked visually appealing and yeah. all of my posts were relevant to my business and um, definitely noticed an increase in my anxiety over how well those photos were performing. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, like... Like, do enough people think I'm cute enough? <laughs> Which, I, that was one thing I did away with. I stopped posting photos, for the most part, that were clear ploys for likes. Like, yeah. I stopped posting as many selfies. Like, there's, like... There's my camera. Here are my tits. <laughs> there's, like a there's, like, a handful of selfies of me, but I don't feel like any of them are overly sexual or anything like that. But, um... Yeah, I stopped posting photos that were ploys and started posting photos that were meaningful to me, but then still struggled with that anxiety of my posts aren't generating as many likes yeah. as other people's posts and my account's not growing as fast as I want my account to grow and stuff like that. So it is a weirdly poisonous thing to worry about. But definitely can be, yeah. Because you're looking for validation through strangers. Yeah, and instead of focusing on whether or not your work is personally fulfilling to mm -hmm. yourself, you're molding yourself to fit into what other people enjoy. So I think it's actually a positive thing that they're doing away with the like counter. I have my confusions about it and I didn't read up on it. Um, my fear would be that that would take away, say, our ability um, to manage an audience because there's a an exponential thing that happens when people see that other people like a thing. You're more likely to hit the button. If you mm -hmm. see 500 people hit like, you're not ashamed to hit like. If you say three people said like, then you're going to like hover your thumb, you know? Yeah, and I will. And that would take away the ability to advertise in that i mean and we're dealing with like 30 to 50 on average uh little heart reacts so we're, <laughs> we're not big gamers <laughs> at all in this situation but i think I, I will agree i do think that's more critical in the beginning stages of developing your art or your company yeah. or whatever you're doing because i will admit whenever i first started taking my facebook page seriously and my instagram and my twitter and all that seriously there was this weird delicate balance of how much am i trying to push advertising versus how much am i just trying to push my personal interests because it is true um even if you're not actually literally a popular account if you appear more popular than you are it generates interest yeah. from other people because 
we have this herd mentality of like, oh, everybody else is doing this. Everybody likes this, this thing. I need to go like this yeah. thing. Yeah. So I, I did. Why Vice News is still around. <laughs> <laughs> I did do this weird, delicate like dance with how much I was using advertising and stuff like that in the beginning because it was like, oh, I, I want to appear like other people like this. So mm. it, is, it is weird. But. And I, I don't hear you talk about that kind of stuff hardly ever, so I don't know if that's... Like social media anxiety? Well, just anxiety over other artists. Like, I don't know if that's a thing that... I'm like borderline Buddhist <laughs> in real life. Like, I know I come off like a fucking psychopath on here, <laughs> but I'm a big Alan Watts follower. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if that's a, a thing that you ever struggle with or not, but I have in the past had this weird mental struggle with viewing mm -hmm. other people in the same industry as me as competition versus... But they are competition. To a degree, yeah. Um, but I, they're also... It's just a difference between healthy and unhealthy competition. Yeah, that's true. Like that's definitely true. Idolizing somebody or being inspired by somebody, getting upset when somebody doesn't like the thing that you like, you know? I don't tend to do that. I like the things that I like, and I don't like the things I don't like, and I don't really care what you like or dislike. I... Well, mine has always been more not frustration with the other person or whatever, like frustration with myself. If there's someone in my peer group that's doing better than me, it's like, well, fuck. It's like I'm jealousy, not. yeah. Well, it's not even jealousy. It's like, well, fuck, I'm not doing a good job. Like, I need to do better. Mm -hmm. Like, I need to work harder. And, um,. I have in like the past year or so, I guess, tried to make more of an effort to um, like, I feel like these are people we as a society categorize as almost like our enemies, even if it's just Becky that you go to school with or whatever. <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, Becky gets all the guys God talking to it, her. Becky. So like taking all those bathroom <laughs> selfies with your ass pushed out on a goddamn counter. Becky with the good hair. You're fucking all the dudes in town. I'm never gonna get any more dick because of Becky. Um, but yeah, like I, I like I feel like as a society we categorize the people that are doing better yeah. than us as our competition and as our enemies. And like I've tried to, in the past year or so, start trying to view these people as my peers instead. Like, what can I learn from you? What can you learn from me? Like. If we develop a friendship and work together, what can we develop together? So it is it, it is hard trying to fight that mentality that social media sets up for you. Yeah, I I, I don't know what it is. Like I, I understand what you're what you're saying. I just don't feel that way when I look at other people. Again, probably because of my quasi Buddhist belief that we are all God running the universe. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, that clicks for me. Uh, I don't want to tear anybody down. Now, if I think somebody is complete bullshit, um, that's different. Yeah. I'm not ever jealous of um, their success. I just don't understand why people enjoy them, and I'm almost more upset with the people who enjoy them. Like right? when you like, were talking about before, uh, writers that just post tip photos and don't post their work. That frustrates me beyond belief, <laughs> right? Like, I... I'm not running around building, you know, a six pack and fucking flexing on the Instagram. And I have been in damn good shape for the majority of my twenties, despite my drinking <laughs> career. Okay, I've maintained. I've, a I've six got pack. abs. I've got fucking <laughs> arms like shotguns. I could rock you with my back. I'm a pretty large man. <laughs> I'm <laughs> six foot two at peak. I weigh two thirty. Lean muscle. I was fucking jacked. You'll never see me do that weird little like. You know, hand behind oh. the head, ab flex in the oh. bathroom mirror, go and go read my That's fucking story. Exactly. It would be nauseating if a dude did it. And I find it personally, as a heterosexual man, nauseating when a woman does it to push a book. You want to push your tits up? Hashtag tits up. Like fucking <laughs> don't hashtag am writing. You are not writing. You're fingering yourself in the bathroom. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> though um <laughs> trying to stay in the buddhist mindset <laughs> the sun's setting and it's super pretty um i have noticed though since i've tried to shift my mentality <laughs> you're ridiculous you know that right <laughs> like as i've tried to shift my mentality like 
I'm not going to pretend like when I take a... It's sexist to do it. No, it is. <laughs> You're objectifying women. You're objectifying yourself. Which one of us is worse off? I'm not going to pretend like... Like, I get so many dick pics. It's like, you should change your image. I, I don't want to say, like, Find what your was zen, she bro. wearing. Okay. Find your zen. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend, like, to be fair, if I take a photo of myself that I think I look attractive in, I'm not going to post no, it. No, and you should, but you should not hashtag am filming <laughs> if you're not actively filming in the picture, unless you're shooting a porn. <laughs> but okay, I have noticed though as I've like tried to shift my mentality away from like I'm in competition with other people mm-hmm. and just focusing on my actual art I do actually take less selfies of myself yeah. than I used to and um, whenever we were making the move up here I can't remember who said it but like somebody you're Facebook friends with uh, made a joke asking if I really came with you or if yeah. you had killed me because I wasn't in any of the photos and like because for... you were taking all of the photos yeah. while I was driving the truck <laughs> and for like, like me... why didn't you take any pictures it's like I didn't want to kill both of us <laughs> and the dog <laughs> well I mean I could have done the whole like selfie thing yeah. or whatever but for me it's become more about like the structure of the photos and whether or not the subject's interesting and whether or not I think the lighting's interesting. So, mm-hmm. like, when I'm taking photos of stuff you and I are doing together, I'm not necessarily thinking about, oh, I'm preserving a memory that I'm in. Like, I know I was there. Yeah, I I'm took aware. the photo. <laughs> All I am learning from this selfie is that my eyeliner was on point. Like... <laughs> so, like, even when we went out to super secret location... Like, I'm not in any of those photos because I was just like, man, this is a, a stunning location. I'm going to take some photos of this. And, like, I got, like, a couple of cool photos of you just, like, walking around not really paying attention to me. Yeah. So, like, for Smoking me, it's... Smoking a cigarette, listening to the creek. <laughs> <laughs> so, for me, it's gotten to be more of a art study than a, like, oh, like, this is a great picture of Brett and yeah. I together. <laughs> No, we take great pictures together. I take a lot of pictures of you beat my you ass at chest. You terrible photos of me. Do what? Yes, and you take a lot of terrible Well, it's because I think you're beautiful. You're the one who are like, that's a bad picture. And I'm like, no, she looked really cute right there when she was working on the podcast or when she was beating my ass in chest. Or <laughs> last night, you were stomping my dick in at Scrabble. <laughs> last week, when I was reading Moby Dick and you passed out on my arm halfway through the chapter, for some reason, I kept reading Moby Dick and then took a picture of Kristen passed out with Moby Dick against her face and said, you're lucky I didn't post this to Facebook with the caption, Moby Dick down. That was cute. I woke up to that the next morning. I did not remember falling asleep, though, is what's so weird. Like, I knew I drifted off for like a second, but I thought it was literally just like a second and then I woke back no. up and you finished. I was like, call me Ishmael. <laughs> do not snore. You hush. I do not snore. <laughs> oh that got off the rails (laughs) no it's people you know they do feel insecure about that stuff and i think it's because they invest so much in it you know like if i want to take a picture of the apartment and put it up online i people are going to appreciate it people are not going to appreciate it but i'm not going to spend the next four hours waiting for oh my god i got another heart react like, I've been there with it. I've been to the point when I was trying to sell the book where I was stretching myself too thin across everything, and I would just sit outside of my phone manically smoking cigarettes, scrolling, like, come on, other people, I need the ticker to go up for whatever reason. I'll feel better if this imaginary emotion, like... And I, I gave up on it, a large part. I like... I. I could probably be really good at Twitter, but like I'm terrified of being really good at Twitter. <laughs> 240 words, I gotta tell you everything. Challenge met every hour. <laughs> and then uh, you had a huge following and made that one wrong comment. Oh, no. So many wrong comments. I've shot this career in the foot. This career walks with a limp. <laughs> come at me all you want to. I'm just going to keep pulling the string. It's always going to come back. Go fuck yourself, JD. Or whatever Dr. Cox's line. <laughs> so that's not a thing you ever worry about, though? Like, your, uh, like your, your own success trajectory? Uh, compared to others. I see the numbers on the podcast. I see the numbers on the website, and I think we're going to be just fine. I am worried about the trajectory of my career. I am worried about the trajectory of our career. And uh, the reason that I'm worried is we're not where we are. 
simultaneously, um, I see those numbers and we keep doing more things. We're 60, 70 episodes into this podcast thing by now. Um, we're this in podcast multiple thing. countries. Thank you, people in Belgium. Bangladesh. And Bangladesh. Um, is that India guy? I have no idea. Where's Bangladesh? I'd have to I'm going to sound really stupid. <laughs> I'm recording. <laughs> is that India? I don't know. I'd have to look Did, it up. Look it up. Your phone's right there. <laughs> Editing this part out. <laughs> Probably not, though. I'm going to go grab a beer. Brett and I uh, like to be raw and real. Yeah, I don't know where Bangladesh is. Uh, if you're smarter than me, you can be a better writer. It is oh, in India. Mother. It is in India. Does oh, no, it says, mean... no, sorry, it's to the east of India on the Bay of Bengal. Of where? On the Bay of Bengal. It's a South the Asian Bay country. Of Bengal? Yeah, it says to the east of India on the Bay of Bengal. It's a country? Yeah. It's not a city? No. What's the capital of Bangladesh? I don't know. Gosh. You got all the information pulled up right there. Is it Timbuktu? <laughs> it's your mom. I don't know how you pronounce that. Dhaka. Oh, that was informative. <laughs> We're also in Ontario. We we that's I know where that is. Where uh, is Ontario? That's Brent? in Canada. <laughs> Canada. <laughs> is that anything like Norwegia? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Fuck. I thought you made the Canada Canadia, no, not Norwegian. Norwegian. Norwegia. I thought I was being clever, doing a callback to two two episodes ago. No, you didn't say it on the episode. We we've never discussed this. Oh no, Kristen has this problem where she turns into a marble mouth if she doesn't get her coffee first thing in the morning, and I she was says some weird shit. What'd you too. say earlier? You're like, we're gonna duck the turkey, and it's like, what the fuck does no. duck the turkey mean? No. Turkey the duck. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to say that the duck gets heavy after a while. <laughs> You're like, the duck gets turkey after a minute. It's like, what the fuck does that mean? The duck does no, not get the turkey. No, the duck, they, they, they don't chase each other sat, around. They're both fucking dead. I sat the bag down and I said, the turkey gets. And then I was like, wait, not the turkey. The duck gets turkey. And then I was like, wait, what? No. <laughs> the duck does not get turkey. Like, Zero ducks get turkey. It's like the duck gets heavy. <laughs> I was carrying a duck up a flight of stairs. <laughs> Not a live one. <laughs> By its weird. throat. Yeah. <laughs> Slam that shit down on the counter. Uh, All right, dinner's up. Pull out the hatchet at lightning speed like they did in the waiting further instructions. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I never want to talk about that movie again. No, go back and re-listen to the episode because this episode is all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do to keep yourself, like, centered and focused on your work and... Like, not focusing on any anxiety about your career? Um, that's a very complicated question, because I think I was born, like, five minutes ago all the time. <laughs> that's how I recenter myself. If I start getting panicked, and I get panicked all the time because I have bipolar disorder, PTSD. Um, Especially when I tell you I love you. Yeah, I walk around in a pretty constant state of anxiety, and when I'm not anxious, I want to kill myself. So it's like a weird uh, world to live in. But whenever I'm cognizant enough to realize that that's what's going on and I'm kind of freaked out, um, I just center myself on the understanding that I could just be making yesterday up and I just came here to play a game of hide-and-go-seek. and. Go seek and uh, it makes me feel better. It makes Kristen sad because the basic premise is that if we're all God, then God's just making up games and like God's some like crazy schizophrenic. But <laughs> no, it makes me sad. I guess because in that concept, if that's true, neither of us exist in the other person's world, really. No, we both exist, and we're the other person's world. That's the beauty of it. Yeah, but I'm just you, and you're just me. And we both created one another, but we're both the same person. It's not person. It's like, I don't know. Go read Alan Watts. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one who broke it for me. It happened right in the middle of a nervous breakdown, massive traumatic moment in my life, and it sunk, and it helped me through that, and it helps me through everything. <laughs> you anxious about how well anybody else is doing? No, pretty pumped. <laughs> pretty You're excited. You're currently reading Watts. Yeah. I also don't get sad when they're on heroin. You know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's got a heroin addiction. It's like, well, I could see myself having a heroin addiction born <laughs> under the right circumstances. 
<laughs> Maybe in the next life. <laughs> Give that one a go. <laughs> got to sometimes. Everybody's got their struggle. And you would create the exact same struggles that you've had now because they've been hard enough to break you and you've survived them. So they were all entertaining. I just feel like I should lighten up on myself in that case. Well, you should. You know, I could use a break, well, to be you honest. Deserve a break. <laughs> you just got to set your mind to you deserve a break and you'll have the break. Power perception. Um, oh, now she's making fun of me. Now she's mocking India, man. <laughs> I am not. <laughs> <laughs> Centering myself. <laughs> she planted her root chakra right in your face there, India guy. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, I'm not a... Which I think we've talked about that before. I'm not a spiritual person. I uh... me either. I'm just angry. <laughs> I am a benevolent god. <laughs> I'm uh, agnostic, so that's fun. I, I don't know what the fuck happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I am that. I think it's Jim Jeffries' joke about being the obnoxious, indecisive one on the train <laughs> who's holding all of society back because I can't make up my mind. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, like I, uh, I don't know, like whenever I'm feeling self-conscious or whatever, it's more of an inward thing. Like, okay, what can I do to, uh, like if I'm not satisfied with my own results, what can I do to improve my results? So you went and hit the gym, kicked ass. Yeah. I, uh, have more books that I I don't have even a 10th of the collection of books that Brett has, but I have more books than I remember. Three bookcases. (laughs) (laughs) having i was looking at him this morning while i was having tea and i was like kind of proud of that i actually own quite a few i'm excited because i'm definitely going to read some of your books and i want to read the master shots uh, you've got no, those I love three the, master yeah, shots series. i love those the um the filmmaker's eye is a good one too i think that's the one that i brought up whenever we first started this mm-hmm. podcast where uh and the war of art <laughs> you bought me that one <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the art of war gaming, Nightmare Box Productions, go over to the website, check it out. <laughs> yeah, uh, podcast uh, number six or episode number six of that podcast will have just dropped when you guys mm-hmm. are listening to this one. So uh, earlier in the week, so go check it out. Um, but yeah, no, the the filmmaker's eye I think is one that you would like too. That's the one that had a. Uh, all of the things where they tell you the rules and then tell you how to break them. And I think yeah. one of them is from, uh... oh God, shoot. Premise. They shoot because they're talking about doing close-ups and how, you know, you always face a person when you're doing close-ups or whatever. And it was a close-up from the back of the head because it's got the band-aid. What movie is that? I want to say it's the one that John Travolta and uh... Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction, yeah. Marcellus yeah. Wallace. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So the close-up of him is of the back of his head and you don't see his face. I was going to say he's... Vin Diesel, and it was definitely <laughs> not Vin Diesel. If you didn't give me John Travolta, I never would have got to Band-Aid on the back of the head. <laughs> well, that's one of the, the rules they talk about breaking, because in that shot, yeah. it's you a close-up. Marcellus Wallace, bitch. <laughs> but I think you'd like that book, because it's stuff like that where it's like here's the rules and here's why you're gonna break them i've made you read on writing um i've made you read the war of heart um what was the other one that i really enjoyed that i gotcha it was a small one oh is it up there no i don't no you let me borrow one it was uh Shoot, it was really, it was a really tiny book. It was one of yours, though, that you let me borrow. Um, it was like the writer's workshop or the, shoot, what was that? It was about writing. Mm-hmm. Crap, the workbook? The workbook. Yeah. No. I got it. One second. Not okay. only do I got it, I know exactly where it is. <laughs> All right. Is it not called the workbook? That one. Paul Oster's The Red Notebook. No, I think it was just called The Workbook. <clears throat> no, it definitely wasn't this one. Wasn't that one? I don't think so. I could have sworn it was The Red Notebook. Wasn't it literally just, don't you have one called The Workbook? I mean, I might. It had, uh, like, black writing on the front. It's probably over there somewhere. I don't know. 
This conversation's all over the place. <laughs> talking about inspiration, how you overcome uh, feeling self-conscious and self-doubt. And uh, one of them is by finding inspiration in other people's work instead of feeling insecure about other people's work. I have scant hope of ever getting to the bottom of this little mystery. The prankster did a good job of covering his tracks and he has not been heard from since. What puzzles me about my own behavior is that I have not thrown away the letter even though it continues to give me chills every time I look at it. A sensible man would have tossed the thing in the garbage. Instead, for reasons I do not understand, I have kept it on my work table for the past three years, allowing it to become a permanent fixture amongst my pens and notebooks and erasers. Perhaps I keep it there as a monument of my own folly. Perhaps it is a way to remind myself that I know nothing, that the world I live in will go on escaping me forever. What's that in? The Red Notebook, uh, page 24. By Paul Oster. Sorry, I just I thought that was uh, I was like I've highlighted some stuff in here and I could just skip through. And... <laughs> I don't think I've read that one though. It's pretty good. In the Red Notebook, Oster explores events from the real world, large and small, tragic and comic, that reveal the unpredictable, shifting nature of human experience. A burnt onion pie, a wrong number. A young boy struck by lightning, a man falling off the roof, a scrap of paper discovered in a Paris hotel room. Together, these form the context for a singular piece of Ars Poetica, a literary manifesto without theory, cast in the irreducible forms of pure sto storytelling. Sto 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 story. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you I don't know what to talk about. <laughs> really kind of jazzing this shit for the past 20 minutes. <laughs> what are we at? Uh, 47. Well, we're getting close to time. Anyway. <laughs> you got anything to talk about? Uh, no, mine was mostly just trying to... Uh, like I, think, I think my big takeaway for the day was um, not to view the world as your enemy to yeah. uh make friends with the people that you view as your competition and instead of being threatened take inspiration mm -hmm. from people and events and uh, other artists and stuff that challenge your perceptions and your work and stuff like that so instead of feeling negative about your own work or negative in general um taking that as an opportunity mm -hmm. to push yourself and to push your own limits so Sim that was my major thought for the day. Simultaneously, that is your competition. So if you need to look at it as competition, um, I'd say look at it in this way. Um, every day they give up. They stop coming to work. They slip away. They find better things to do with their time. They take up watching professional football. <laughs> They give up reading or picking up a camera or chasing it anymore. They become complacent. And those are the people you're in competition with. It's a game of tapping out. It's not a game of excelling. Uh, if you're looking at somebody for like all the success that they've had and been, God damn them, um, they don't deserve that, I'm not getting that, then that's jealousy. It's, it's twisted around. Your competition is to outlast them. That's all you have to do. You just have to be there working when they're not. Period. You can come up with an hour to write. <clears throat> you can come up with a short film in a month. You did something that they are not doing. As a writer, my favorite thing to hear is, well, I, you know, I wanted to be a writer, but... Because <laughs> then I know that's one less person who's fucking vying for my spot in this world. <laughs> I couldn't find the time. I couldn't make it to the gym and feed my family and go my to work. My wife told me to quit. My wife told me to quit, and so I just severed my own dick in front of my household. Now my I was thinking of that Jeopardy episode. My wife told me to quit, and now I'm a bus driver. Exactly. <laughs> there's going to be people in this life who tell you to quit the thing that you love to do, and there's going to be 
people to put you down for doing the thing that you enjoy. You can be inspired by somebody in a better spot than you, but your job is not to wait for them to fail. It's to wait for you to succeed. So if you keep showing up and go to the job, not the literal job, the writing, the filmmaking, the artistry of any description, if you're still clocking into that in your off hours, doing the post-work work work, work <laughs> as I like to call it, um, you're going to be just fine. It's going to be okay. So halfway through the NaNoWriMo, by the time you guys hear this, it'll be, I think, a week or two left on the NaNo. Uh, we're going to hit you up with some homework assignments. And uh, if you're an artist, your job between now and next week is to just keep showing up at your job every goddamn day. Keep thinking about it. Keep obsessing about it. And every time somebody tells you that's not what you are, tell them to go fuck their mother with an old arthritic hand. <sighs> Militant positivity. <laughs> Uncomfortable positivity. <laughs> <laughs> love you. I love you. Um, if you guys want to go watch the dolls, you can do so at youtube.com slash Kristen Pennington. Or you can slide on over to the website we mentioned earlier, which was... The Nightmarebox.blog. And the film will be up in the top right-hand corner. If you go down to the bottom right-hand corner, you'll find my book, The Madman Diaries. You send me $10. I will send it to you anywhere in the world. I'm talking to you, India guy. Um, or you can swing on over to Instagram and see how positive we're doing, despite the fact that you don't know how many people like our thingy. At <laughs> <laughs> that would be uh, at Nightmarebox Productions. Or you can swing on over to the Twitter, but they've not done that yet, and that is... At Nightmarebox Pro. But I'd prefer you guys shoot us an email um, or hit us up on our Facebook. So you can shoot us an email at... Nightmareboxproductions at gmail. Or you can go over to the Facebook and send us a message over there, and that would be... Facebook.com slash Nightmareboxproductions. In the meantime, um, I'd say come up with a script. Try to write a 5 to 10 to 15 minute thing. Kristen and I are going to come up with some basic guidelines and... Uh, We'll talk to you next week. I love you. I love you. I love you guys. We'll talk to you in a couple of days.